I would like to greet you all. A very good night unto you, or good evening, we, we still can say. Um, I'd like to welcome you to our short devotion this evening. And as you may have seen earlier on, or for those who may be aware, is that our sharing is titled The Sign of Love. The Sign of Love. And our key text comes from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15. Before I read that verse and we proceed with our short devotion, I would like to offer a word of prayer. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to meet together through such a platform and that, Lord, we can still share the word and still fellowship with one another. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us even as we share upon this subject of the sign of love. May you speak to us, each and every one of us, and above all, we ask that Christ may be lifted up, that we all may be drawn close to him. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15 of love. I don't know what we know about love. I guess it's one complicated term and one will look at the sign of love and we'll understand what you're talking about. Now I hope you have had the time to get to chapter 5 verse 15 of Deuteronomy. I will read it in our hearing and follow closely with me, if you can. The Bible says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, therefore the Lord thy God commanded, commanded, commanded thee to keep the Sabbath. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 5 is a chapter which uh, captures the Ten Commandments. For the second time, the children of Israel were being given the Ten Commandments, which we also find in the book of Exodus chapter 20, a passage which I began with before I pray. Now, the specific verse that we have read, verse 15, speaks about the Sabbath. Now, before we get to look at the sign of love, I would like to begin by us asking ourselves a question that what is this that is called love that you're talking about? When you talk about love, we are talking about God. Um, one of the verses that you know seek to, to define who God is, is First is John chapter 4 verse 18, which says, he that, uh, he that loveth not does not know God, simply because God is love. So if we say that we know God and we do not love, then we do not know God because God is love. Now, that verse simply defines God to be love. And it is something that ought to stick in our minds whenever we study the scriptures. When you see the Bible saying, um, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, your mind should think in the beginning, love created the heaven and the earth. When you see the Bible saying that, you know, I am the Lord thy God, God is simply saying, I am your love, and therefore do not have any other gods before me. So Exodus chapter 20, where God himself speaks, 
and he utters the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. During that time, we were told that, you know, the Father was there with the, father, with the Son, and Jesus spoke out the law, and the Holy Spirit wrote the law upon the tables of stone. Now, having seen that God is love, I would like us to understand that love is a term that is used to define the character of God. In other words, God, God's character is love. That is what God is. That is who God is. And I know a number of friends who, you know, uh, say God is holy. God is just. God is righteous. God is good. Why do you just stick to say God is love? This is the point. God is holy, yes. God is righteous, yes. God is love. God is long-suffering. God is all of these things. But one sure thing is that all of these other attributes that describe God, you know, holy, just, righteous, right, all of these other attributes, they actually are comprised in love. When you look at uh, a chapter, there's one chapter in the Bible whereby the Holy Spirit decided to dedicate a chapter to talk about an emotion or a principle. And that is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. From verse 1 all the way down, we are told about love. We are told love is long-suffering. Love is kind. Love is selfless. Love is all of the things that we can think about God, they are love. Love is holy. Love is just. Love is right. Love is long-suffering. Love is all of the other attributes of God. And therefore, we safely conclude that God is love and love is his character. And we are not dismissing with the other aspects of, you know, God being holy, but all of these other things, they are summed up in the word love. Remember, our subject is the sign of love. Having, under having understood that God is love and that love is the character of God, I'd like to hint to you that the character of God is transcribed in his law. In other words, the law of God is a transcript of the character of God. When God gives us his law, he's simply giving us something that when we look at, we understand, oh, this is how God is. In other words, the law of God is the image of God. The law of God is the glory of God. So if the law of God is a transcript of his character and his character is love, we expect the commandments of God. We expect the law of God to be dealing with love. And this is why many people find it difficult to understand how comes God says that Lucifer broke the law, that you know he was a sinner from the beginning? How comes Adam and Eve broke a law? And someone wonders, the law was given in Mount Sinai. But you will notice that the, that the, the principle of the law of God, which is love, has existed for as long as God has existed. When you go to the very beginning, when this man who, you know, he was the anointed, he's not a man, but, you know, he was a covering cherub. An angel who was, we are told he was both a cherub and a seraph. His name was Lucifer. And we are told that Lucifer rebelled against God and he was kicked out of heaven because he sinned against the law of God. The law that Lucifer broke was simply the law of love. He broke love. Now, having understood that the sign of love, we are talking about the sign of God, which is the sign of the law of God which is love. And by the way, just to make sure that the nail is in a sure place, you must have read somewhere of a scribe who came to Jesus and told him, you know, master, which is the greatest commandment? And then Jesus said unto him, the greatest commandment of all 
the first and the greatest commandment is this here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. And then Jesus said, the second one, the second greatest is like unto the first. And that is, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then Jesus summed up with these phenomenal words that these two greatest commandments, that love the Lord your God supremely and love your neighbor as yourself, he said that those two are the greatest commandments. In fact, I want you to notice that verse in Mark chapter 12 and look at verse, verse 31. Jesus said, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. And notice that this is plural. So he's saying this too, love the Lord God, your God supremely, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command that is greater than those two. Now, the common denominator of love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself is love. Simply, Christ was telling us that, you know, the law of God, the commands of God are simply summed up in the word love. And therefore, when we are talking about the sign of love, we are talking about the sign of God. We are talking about the sign of the law of God. And of this law, we are told love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, I want to narrow down to the heart of the message this night, this short devotion that we are sharing. As Seventh-day Adventists, we understand that the Sabbath is the seal of God. We understand that the Sabbath is the sign of God. In the Ten Commandments, God decided to put his seal in the Fourth Commandment. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through verse 11, it is only the fourth commandment whereby we find the name of God, I am the Lord thy God. We find the title of God, I am the Lord thy God, which created, which made, he is the maker, that is his title. It's only in the fourth commandment that we find the territory over which God rules. So these three aspects put the seal of God to be in the Sabbath. But this day, this night, I want us to understand that knowing that the law of God is love, knowing that the law of God is all about, it's not really about, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt not do this and that. The law of God is simply about love. When you understand that, you will read thou shalt not steal and you understand God loves me and this is why he's telling me this. Therefore, in the fourth commandment, since it is the seal of God, since it is the sign of the law of God, we expect that the Sabbath is the sign of the love of God. That simply means if we really want to understand that God loves us, the best place to go is to the fourth commandment. And I want to show us how even as we draw to a close. You see, the fourth commandment, when you read in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, it leaves us with this impression that God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And he tells us the reason we are to do that is because in the beginning, God created and he rested. In Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 1 through verse 3, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath day, God ended his work. That is the first thing that he did. Number two, we are told, and he rested from all his work, which which he had made. So God ended his work and God rested from all his work. Then verse 3, the Bible says, 
and God blessed the Sabbath, the seventh day, and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. God did four things in relation to the Sabbath. Number one, God ended his work. Number two, God rested from his work. Number three, God blessed the Sabbath day. And number four, God sanctified the Sabbath day. Now, I want us to focus on the aspect of sanctified. Remember, we are looking at how the Sabbath is a sign of love. God sanctifying the Sabbath, he simply set the Sabbath apart. God made the Sabbath holy. He put holiness into the Sabbath. And then he gave the Sabbath to Adam and told Adam, you know what, Adam? And Eve, I want you to preserve the holiness that I have put in this day. Now, that was so easy for Adam and Eve to do for as long as they bore the image of God, which is love, which is, you know, holy. But the moment sin came in, it is impossible for you and I to keep the Sabbath holy by ourselves. We who are filthy, we who are we who have fallen short of the glory of God, it is impossible for us to preserve the holiness of the Sabbath in our current state. The Bible tells us that remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and we cannot keep the Sabbath holy because we are sinful. If we try to keep the Sabbath holy by ourselves, I'm stressing by ourselves so that no one can, can misquote me, is that we must become holy before we can keep the Sabbath holy. It's as if a room is neat and someone says, keep this room neat and you want to walk in there with shoes that have mud. You cannot keep that room neat. We must become holy for us to keep the Sabbath holy. Understanding that the Sabbath is a sign of love. We must be in a loving relationship with God. We must love. We must be made to have that image of love in us for us to really appreciate the Sabbath. So that no man can think that I speak of my own words, I want to quote Ellen White. In the book Desire of Ages, page 283, the paragraph I believe is paragraph 3, she writes these words. Uh, she says, It was to be a token of their separation from idolatry and their connection with their true God. Speaking of the Jews and how they misused the Sabbath and how they misrepresented the Sabbath. And she says, you know, the Sabbath was meant to be something that when people would look at the Jews, they would say, indeed, these people. Are people who serve the truth. Now you think about that and like, you know, God is harsh. How does he expect us to keep the Sabbath holy by being holy first? And you see, many of us have been deceived in thinking that we are keeping the Sabbath holy. We are keeping or we are showing the sign of love. And yet we've been going into the Sabbath with our filthiness. And therefore the Sabbath is supposed to show us, the Sabbath commandment is supposed to show us our inability, 
our helplessness, our need of divine power, because there is only one power that can make us holy. There is only one name under which we can be saved, by which we can be made holy to keep the Sabbath holy. And you will notice Ellen White does not stop there. She goes ahead to show us the means by which we can be holy in order to keep the Sabbath holy. The means by which we can be in a loving relationship so that the sign of love can indeed be embodied in us. She says, but in order to keep the Sabbath holy, men must themselves be holy. And then she tells us how we can be able to do that. She says, through faith, they must become partakers of the righteousness of Christ. Through faith, they must become the partakers of the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Friends, in other words, when we look at the Sabbath commandment, God wants us to have our minds turned to the cross of Calvary. And this is why I want to bring our key text in. The Sabbath, in accordance to the account of Deuteronomy chapter 5, actually shows us the means by which we can become holy in order to keep the Sabbath holy. When you read, I want you to notice the Bible says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt. Now for a Seventh-day Adventist or a Christian who is reading that today, our land of Egypt is the world or was the world. God is telling us, remember I have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Friends, you may have been remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy without remembering that God has saved you. Anyone who will not remember that Christ died upon the cross for him and for his sin, that person cannot remember to keep the Sabbath holy. Because it is in looking at the cross where Jesus redeemed us that we can be able to understand the love of God and thus be in a loving connection with him, a loving relationship with him. And as we keep the Sabbath day as people who are in a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, you even don't have to give a Bible study someone to someone to make them understand that there is the Sabbath. People just look at us and understand that we serve a true God. Therefore, friends, as we close, it's my prayer that we all, we may get connected with God by looking at the cross of Calvary and understanding the love that God has for us, that we may indeed embody the sign of love, which is the sign of God, the sign of the law of God, which is a law of love by keeping the Sabbath truly. May God bless you. I'd like to close with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for speaking to us this evening. You show us our helplessness and still provide the means by which we can find help. You tell us to keep the Sabbath holy, and yet we are sinful beings. And you tell us that through faith we can become partakers of the righteousness of Christ and thus be made holy to keep the Sabbath holy. The Sabbath is a day that you have given to us that through it men can realize that we are in a loving relationship with you. Help us from this day that, Lord, as we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, we may first remember that Jesus shed his blood for us on the tree of Calvary. This is our prayer that you may even keep us safe through the night. We have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Brother Jones. Uh, that has been